Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us on the telephone line, first guest tonight to talk about all things NFL, National National Football League reporter for Fansided.com, Matt Roderam joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Matt, how are you, bud? I'm great, Cody. How are you? Good. Appreciate you coming on board. What's the biggest shocking thing in the first two weeks of the National Football League as far as you're concerned? Well, Antonio Brown, I think, far and away is number one. But in terms of just on the field, uh, I I think what's happened with Pittsburgh was surprising to me. I thought Pittsburgh might be a division champ this year. I thought they'd bounce back. Uh, Even before the Roethlisberger injury, they didn't look good. Now they certainly uh, are in great peril and probably won't find a way to the playoffs. Uh, And I think the ascension of Omar Jackson. Not to stay in the division intentionally, but Jackson's played great. He looks like an MVP candidate for two weeks. Now, it's two weeks, and it's the Dolphins and it's the Cardinals, but he's played really, really well. All right. Brown, uh, Steelers, and Ravens. I like them all, so let's take them off one by one. Going in reverse order, Ravens, Lamar Jackson. Yes, I thought he would have a better passing year than he did last year. He was still in his Louisville mode, got out of it uh, during the offseason. They put in an offense that could take his skills and take him to another level. I'm with you. I didn't know it was going to come this fast. I liked the kid, and I thought he was going to be a good NFL quarterback. I just didn't know we were going to see these kind of results right away. Who should be getting credit for that? I think, look, it's a combination of things. You know, Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, they've schemed up some different things this year than they did in the past years with Joe Flacco, and of course they should. It's a completely different skill set. And I think last year, that's part of the reason Jackson struggled to throw the football. When you look at the offense they played, you know, they were trying to put in more of a college-style offense, more read option, but it's hard to make that switch in the middle of the season. And so this year they had the entire offseason, they famously – through the old playbook out the window, brought in the new one. Uh, and, and Jackson has really thrived in that. You watch some of these games. There are some throws, especially early, that are schemed wide open. Mark Andrews has played really well at tight end. And I think you've got to give credit to Jackson. You look at his numbers at Louisville. His completion percentage got better every year. And I expect that in the NFL you're going to see a continual rise for him, you know, year two, year three, year four. Fair, fair enough. All right. Steelers are out 0-2. They weren't going to beat the Patriots week one anyway. We didn't think they were going to get crushed like they did, and it was uh, not a good look. But they come back last week and get edged by the Seahawks. Sons Roethlisberger, uh, their backup QB comes in. Mason Rudolph looks okay. Doesn't make us forget Ben Roethlisberger immediately, but plays well enough to get him into the game and competitive. So now they sit at 0-2, and they're not going to have Roethlisberger the rest of the year. Things don't look good. On this occasion, who do we blame? Uh, I think in, in some cases, bad luck. But I also blame Mike Tomlin for some of this. And, I, and he's a very good coach. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, his credentials are, are you know evident with you know, some, some jewelry on his hands. That being said, uh, I, I do think you have to say, look, defensively, 
this team's had the same problem year in and year out. They have not made any defensive coaching staff changes. And I get he's got his guys, but at some point, you can't have a linebacker covering a receiver over and over and over. They constantly get caught in these weird scheme gaps where teams just take advantage of them. And then, look, offensively, but even before Ben gets hurt, they're terrible offensively. Three points in New England. They struggled against Seattle. So, yeah, look, bad luck with, with Roethlisberger getting hurt. But I also look at Tom when and say, you're a veteran coach. You're a good coach. You've got to do better. How much difference does Minka Fitzpatrick bring to them? Trade for him this week. They'll try and get him up to speed and into the lineup. I'm at least sure for part of the game. Don't know if it's going to be every single snap. Uh, I thought it was a good trade. I think he's well worth the first-round draft pick and the extra picks that got thrown back and forth. You make an argument to Pittsburgh actually got the better of it. I, I thought it was a darn good trade and lets their fans know, well, we may be 0-2, but we're not giving up on the season yet. Uh, long term, I think he's going to be a major addition for him. How about in the short term? Yeah, I think in the short term, it helps. I don't think it changes their trajectory as a team, simply because unless Mason Rudolph plays really well, they're just not going to win a ton of games. It's a tough schedule. So I think this season, maybe that returns mitigated a little bit, but I think they're looking at it and saying, hey, we got three years of cheap control with this kid. We've got, we just signed Steven Nelson with a three-year deal on the other side. Got Joe Hayden, who's kind of that wily guy who's still playing well, if not the way he was you know, five, six years ago in Cleveland. But I think ultimately Fitzpatrick was drafted 11th overall, so he was a first-round pick a couple of years ago, and he's been terrific. I don't blame Pittsburgh for picking him up. I don't think it's going to vault them this season, but I do think if Ben comes back next year, he's healthy. I think then it's a really nice pickup because he could really anchor that secondary. All right, and let's get to Antonio Brown. There's a, whole, a lot to unfurl there. Uh, first, from a New England situation, what what has transpired over the last two weeks has transpired. Should New England be looking at this? Well, no, let's put it on a fence. Should New England fans be looking at this as, hey, no harm, no foul. Came in one week, so what? It's not our money. Uh, yeah, all right, we take a little black eye that we took on a guy that uh, we thought could blow up, and he did just that, and it didn't take all that long. Or do you just say, well, it's Bill. Bill does whatever he wants, and, you know, eventually Bill's going to get us right back to where we need to be, so who cares? Yeah, look, I think the Patriots were Super Bowl favorites on Thursday before he got cut, and I think they're Super Bowl favorites right now. Um, and, and they took a chance. As you said, they knew there was a very good chance this wasn't going to work out. Well, it didn't for obvious reasons and many reasons. And so, look, the only thing I think that it really does affect New England is when he was on the team for the 11 days that he was, you had him, you had Josh Gordon, you had Julian Edelman. If he or Gordon had gotten hurt or suspended or injured, there's still that other guy there with Edelman. Now he's gone. If Josh Gordon, for whatever the reason, he's not on the field at some point late in the year or in the playoffs, now look, they still have pieces, but now it's Julian Edelman and it's maybe Nikhil Harry, and it's Philip Dorsett. That's not nearly as intimidating when you figure at some point they'll see Kansas City, and they're probably going to have to score 35 points. So I, I don't think it really matters as long as Gordon's healthy, but if he's not there, then all of a sudden that, that loss is compounded, and I think it hurts a lot more. All right, so we were waiting for the NFL's investigation on Antonio Brown and the allegations against him. Uh, it didn't come down in time. That's why he was allowed to play for the Patriots last week. He's not playing for anybody this week. 
does the NFL wrap up the investigation and come out with a finding so the teams know what they're looking at if they're considering signing Antonio Brown? Do they just keep their mouth shut and say, well, we don't really need to investigate him because he's not a National Football League player right now. He's not on anybody's roster. How does this shake out over the next two day, one day, two days, ten days, however long it needs to shake out? Yeah, well, I think you know they'll continue their investigation. They've already spoken to Brittany Taylor, who is Brown's former trainer, who is filing a civil lawsuit, you know, claiming sexual assault and rape. Uh, so they they spoke to her. I think it was ten hours on Monday. Um, you know, they obviously are in the process. I'm sure of reviewing all this stuff that broke right before the weekend, where he's sending these, you know, allegedly sending these threatening text messages that I guess at this point have been verified with New England moving on from him. So I think. This is probably a situation, too, where the NFL is going to say, hey, anybody who signs him, just be ready for him to immediately be put on the commissioner's exemplist. The NFL doesn't want any part of this circus the rest of the season, if not permanently. So I think they'll continue to investigate. I'm sure they'd like to get it wrapped up sooner rather than later. Uh, But I would be shocked if Brown plays it down this season. I I just don't see any avenue for that to happen. So you think best bet is that the decision will be made, it will be shared with the other owners, and they'll be sworn to secrecy. Yeah, how, how good does that work around the league? Um, I, 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 think, I think they'll be told, listen, anybody who signs him, I wouldn't expect to see him on the field this year because he'll be put on the commissioner's exemplist, which for anybody who doesn't know is he gets paid, but he doesn't get to play. And so what team is going to sign him just to pay him and not play him? I, I think – I think he's done for this season one way or the other. Mm, that's the way I think it's going to shake out. Uh, it may go differently, though. Um, we mentioned Roethlisberger and the injury he suffered. Uh, Breeze, a whole bunch of quarterbacks down with injuries this year. It's become the softest National Football League that I've ever known, and I've been watching it for almost 50 years now. Uh, and they continue to do things to try and protect the money makers, the most important position on the field, the big names, the big brands, the quarterbacks, yet they continue to drop at alarming rates. What's next for the NFL in their ever quest to protect the quarterback? <laughs> Probably more and more rules in an attempt to do so, but at some point, look, things happen. It's football. Like It's a violent game, no matter how much you try to legislate the violence out of it. And if you look at Roethlisberger and Breeze, how did they get hurt? Well, Roethlisberger didn't get touched. The non-contact elbow injury, breathe, follow through on a ball. Aaron Donald puts his hands up. He hits his thumb weird. Now tears a ligament. Right? I mean, Foles is really the only one who got hurt on on a you know quote unquote football play where Chris Jones hit him and, and hit him hard, but hit him clean. There was no penalty. He broke his clavicle. So yeah, at some point, the NFL can protect them all they want, and you know, that's fine. But you got to be able to hit the quarterback, even if it's in the strike zone, so to speak. Well, guys are going to get injured. I don't know that there's much more at this point the NFL can do than putting a flag on a guy. I mean, you you got to be able to tackle him. And most of these injuries, really, two of the three, have been unavoidable by any measure. Right, give me a read on this. And I don't know that you've done an in-depth study, so I just need to give me your feeling off the top of your head. Again, more so than ever before, and I've been watching the National Football League for sneaking up on 50 years. I Shoot, I go back to when they played six preseason games. Now we bemoan four <laughs> and say that's too much. I go back to six. 
um, they, they're a joke now because the best players don't play. And it's not just quarterbacks. It's other star players at other positions that don't right. even see the field, yet we're dealing with all these injuries around the National Football League. Have we come full circle where now players are getting hurt because they're just not ready for the season because they don't do anything in preseason? Oh, Jody, I don't think there's any question. I mean, hell, look, look at across other sports. Look at baseball. You know, guys used to throw every four days. They throw 150 pitches, and you know they play catch every day. You got guys blowing their arms out now, constantly. Well, I would argue it's because it's like starting a car and just going to 90 as fast as you possibly can, and then jamming the brakes on, and then just doing it again over and over. I think with the NFL, you know, a lot of these teams that are the most physical in training camp. If you look over the course of time, a lot of them end up holding up better because I think you now get your body used to that. You've got to get kind of in there. I'm not, I'm not saying put some guy at an unnecessary risk, but at some point, yeah, I don't think it's the worst thing for even the quarterback to get in the preseason game for a half of football, a quarter of football. And you got guys sitting out for a month, a month and a half, they're never touched, and then they get in a week one, and some guy comes on a blitz and just cleans your clock. Yeah, your body's not nearly as prepared as it would have been if you'd gotten hit 50 or 60 times throughout training camp and preseason and so on and so forth. All right, biggest game of the weekend is uh, Ravens and Chiefs, both teams undefeated. Ravens' defense has been a little bit better. Chiefs' offense is uh, arguably as good as any in the game. Uh, Advantage Kansas City at home. Ravens got any shot to go in there and pick them off? Uh, Last year they had them and let it slip away late. Revenge factor enough for Baltimore to pull a bit of an upset here in week three? I think Baltimore hangs in the game. I think Kansas City wins, like ultimately with the Chiefs. If you're playing Kansas City home or away, you better have the capability to score 30, 35 points. If you don't do that, you're going to lose. I don't know that Baltimore can do that in this game. Look, obviously they scored 59 against the Dolphins, but the Dolphins are like a big 12 team. So, you know, right now, I think if Baltimore is going to be able to go in there and win that game, Jackson's going to have to throw a lot of yards. They're going to have to be able to control the clock, which they can do with that round game. That's why I think they'll stay in it. But I think Jimmy Smith not being there hurts. Obviously, a lot of turnover on that defense. No C.J. Mosley, no Terrell Suggs, no Zadarius Smith. I think it's close. I, I think it's probably something like 35-30, 31-27. But I think the Chiefs and Mahomes in their home opener, I think they find a way to win. Matt, good stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. Uh, if you don't mind, we'll tap in here again before the season gets too far along. Anytime, Jody. Thanks for having me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.